Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show with three guys from around the country drinking beers, talking sports on a Sunday night. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my two good buddies, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. Shea Brewer is off on assignment once again, working at his job with the Portland Trailblazers. They have a home game tonight against Philadelphia 76ers in the process in place in Portland. Let's see how the guys are doing after a... Christmas vacation, heading into a New Year's Eve celebration tomorrow. Bill Risser, what's going on in St. Pete? Uh, beautiful day here today. Sunny, 82 degrees. Played a little golf, uh, watched a lot of football. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful day to be a, a Floridian. How's that? Yep, and you both know that. You both got to experience that. <laughs> Todd, tell me, tell me about Atlanta. Was it about the same, 82 and sunny? Uh, no, um, it was, uh, God, it's been raining. It seems nonstop here for the past month. I, th- I think it's the wettest December in literally 70 years. Um, I, I don't even know if they've recorded precipitation for that long, but, uh, Sean, uh, final show of 2018 and, uh, bowl seasons, uh, going NFL playoffs were decided. Um, a lot of great stuff happening. So spent a lot of time this weekend enjoying the wild wide world of sports. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and up here, Bill, no golf for me. The, the kid got out to play a couple times, but I was uh, drove past the golf course a couple times and thought, eh, maybe I can make it out there, but um, was really attached to the to the sporting events that we were seeing on our TV. So let's let's hit a couple of the, the, the quicker sports that we'll get to, and then we'll spend some most of our majority time on, on the football. Uh, just a quick hockey update, Bill. You and I talked a couple times during the week, but Tampa Bay continues plus eight. Um, they're just playing really good hockey right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're on fire, right? They're they're scoring at will. They even they even when they mess up, like they had a five two lead on the Flyers going at home, going to the third period, they give up three quick goals, but end up winning eighteen seconds into overtime. Yeah. So, so even when things are going bad, they're going good. And it's just one of those runs where when they sit Vasilevsky and they put the back up goalie in, you know, and, and Columbus did the same thing. We had Corpusalo in, and he he shuts out uh, the, the, the Devils. Yeah. Um, Washington has a, a four-point lead in the Metropolitan uh, out west. Winnipeg and Calgary are still your leaders out west. Long way to go coming up on the All-Star break here uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, but Tampa Bay's, you know, they continue to, to put the pressure on. It's, it's nice because they can kind of rest some players for maybe two games at a time. They can sit, sit guys out on back-to-backs. Um, you got to remember they did this with Vasilevsky out for five weeks with a broken foot. Mm-hmm. So their backup Domingue really, really pulled through, and it's you know there's high, high, high expectations. And yeah, it makes a difference when the when the guys, especially on that defensive, uh, the two guys on the defense can really trust their goalie behind them, no, no matter if it's the starter or not. Right. Um, out in the NBA, uh, Milwaukee and Toronto kind of continue to to lead. Um, hey, Sean, backtrack real quick to the NHL. Um, tomorrow, one of the best things about the NHL, the outdoor game, is tomorrow night, right? The classic. Uh, the classic, um, love that. But it was um, played, on, played on Tuesday, isn't it? Usually, usually played on New Year's Day. I thought it was New Year's Eve. It could be New Year's Day. You may, you may be right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I assumed it was New Year's Eve. But you're right. And also, and where's that this year? What's that? Where's it at this year? Does anyone know? I'm looking. Is it <clears throat> Chicago, I think. Does okay. that sound right? Yeah, um, well, right. cool. Yeah, well, Bill's looking um, for fun. Danny, Daniel Negrano, who's a professional poker player and a right. Vegas Knights fanatic. He has a, uh, a Twitter at NHL hockey bets and he posts his daily hockey bets. Um, I know very little about hockey and rarely bet, but it's kind of fun to see that pop up. And uh, sometimes I'm bored. I'll check, check to see how he did. So I might be uh, the second best Twitter handle I've heard today, but um, let's move on. <laughs> That's another story. Bruins yeah. at the Blackhawks. So you got it right. Bruins okay. at Blackhawks. Okay. Now, is it Wrigley Field? Is it at Soldier it Field? It doesn't say where I'm at. doesn't say where it's being played. All right, so, so I'll, I'll outside at some at some baseball and or football stadium. Correct. Uh, Hopefully the weather's they, cooperating. Can't right? they, yeah, it's not going to be cold enough um, to you know for ice or anything, or for snow, uh, but obviously they'll they've had that happen before. They contingency plan the ice will be fine. 
Yeah. It's at, it's at Notre Dame stadium. So. Oh, that's great. That would be good. That's a great idea. Garth Brooks. And then, uh, and, and then the NHL, that's kind of cool. Um, maybe they'll, they'll, maybe, maybe the teams combined will score more points than Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, over, uh, that's a good bet. You should take that. You should yeah, right. Uh, let's hit the NBA really quick. Uh, Shea's out, but uh, Milwaukee and Toronto lead in the East. Denver maintains their lead out West, uh, half game over Golden State Warriors, who have really uh, not been as dominant as, as they have in the past. So it's going to be a story to watch. Uh, I did talk to our boy Shea today, and guys, he, um, he was excited that they beat Golden State last week, but then they gave it right back uh, when they played in, in Portland. Um, he, he's not feeling good about the, the Portland's playoff chances right now. Now they're mm. still above the fold, so to speak, in the West. Um, but, you know, if they lose three games in a row, let's say they're quickly under uh, and outside looking in. Plenty of time left. Yeah, we got 10 teams over 500 in the West. Yeah. Yeah, so the that's West is, crazy. Like I said, only the Suns are eliminated, basically. Yeah. Everybody else is in it. No more than four out of the playoffs. Really amazing how quickly that power shifted to the West, um, simply with LeBron going out there and, and you know, Houston kind of coming back. James James Harden, I believe now seven games in a row, 35 points or more. Yeah, Houston after a rocky start, right? Really playing well. <clears throat> yeah. So. yeah, playing well for sure. So, all right, let's – um. What do you guys want to do? You want to do college or you want to do pro? Uh, pro soccer. EPL Liverpool is yeah. seven points ahead. So <laughs> I had to crowbar it in there. I'll, um, do, I'll, I'll do college <laughs> soccer when you're done. Go ahead. <laughs> um, again, I mentioned last week, boxing, uh, boxing day, big day in the EPL. Uh, at one point, Liverpool was nine points ahead of second place, but Man City came back and won uh, today. So they're seven behind. And Tottenham was upset Gosh, I'm drawing a blank who they were upset by, but they were uh, upset three to one at home, which is a rare occurrence versus a uh, one of the lesser lesser squads. So anyway, it's chugging along. It's uh, over the halfway point, um, and Liverpool Red fans are, are very excited. So can they hold on, or do uh, some ghosts that haunted them in the past come back and, and maybe uh, one of the Manchester's Manchester City or, or, or Tottenham come and catch them? Hmm. Yeah, and I think from a soccer news standpoint, I think uh, Siggy Schmidt, I think I saw, died uh, last week. Um, UCLA coach, three national championships, but then he was also one of the first MLS coaches, right? For wow. Big, big for American soccer, yeah. Kind of back in the Ron Newman days, speaking of that, yes. right? Yeah, that's very He's cool. only 65, yeah. Young yeah. Cool guy. Just saw it go across my scroll, and it's a name that jumped out to me, I think, uh, either – he had, you know, either, you know, coming to Columbus when they played the crew. Um, that's other big news is, is the crew. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Columbus, um, the owner of the Browns officially kind of uh, purchased the team and it's going to keep in Columbus. So that was a big save the crew uh, fight for the last year, threatened to move to Austin. Um, so very exciting about that. So Good. guys, let's, let's go, let's jump to, uh, let's talk NFL. Let's talk what happened today. Uh, Quite a slate of games today. But look, for the most part, the season playoffs are kind of already decided. There was a lot of jockeying for position, but it didn't stop the games from being exciting. Let's start with probably the game of the day uh, just finished, and that was Cleveland at Baltimore. That game impacted another game uh, a couple hundred miles away at the other end of, P- of Pennsylvania where the Bengals were playing the Steelers. Mm. Basically, set the scene, and then we'll talk about what we saw. Basically, if Baltimore won, they're in. If Pittsburgh won and Baltimore lost, Pittsburgh was in. As it went down, the game was pretty close. It was kind of cool at the end there where they showed the Steelers on the field after beating the Bengals and the fans still in the stands watching the big screen because the Browns – the players too, yeah. Yeah, the Browns-Ravens game came down to one minute left. Browns driving with a chance to win. Uh, spoiler alert, Browns lost. <laughs> Baker Mayfield picked off on fourth and ten on a really a great defensive play. As, as Tony Romo said, it was just a well-designed blitz where he kind of peeled back out of the blitz, and, and Baker made the right throw but just couldn't get it over the guy's head. Um, but what a game. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys were watching from the start, but it was just a fun game and, and a tale of, Bill, you said it in a text offline, you know, we're probably going to see Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. You know, we get to see those guys battle twice a year now, uh, at mm-hmm. least twice a year, if not playoffs. Yep. Uh, for probably many years to come, barring injuries or barring a big change of, of the NFL's structure. So, Bill, let's start with you. What you, what you think about that game? Well, it, I think it was fun to watch both those quarterbacks, if nothing else. I mean, they uh, 
both had huge expectations to see Flacco sitting on the bench. I mean, they, there are a lot of shots of, of Lamar sitting right next to Joe. And, and, and that's, that's great. On I think that Flacco embraced, he knows what's happening here. Uh, he's, he's been, I think he's been straight up about it and, and doing the right thing for the team, uh, which led them to the playoffs, right? Because they went 6-1, and 7-1, and one, I think, 6-1, no, <clears throat> the last seven games to get there. Um, but going back to Baker, he, he's that, that stupid arms waving running down the field after a touchdown pass. I'm falling in love with it. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's infectious, right? It's like the lovable Cubs, right? When the Cubs got good, you, you kind of, you're pulling for them and you feel the same thing with the Browns. It's just, I hope the Browns end up dominating their division, you know, and, and forget the Steelers and the Ravens. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and Bill, Bill, you know, it's funny is that you, you mentioned six and one, you know, who the one was Cleveland. Uh, that's it was, right. It was Cleveland. Right. They didn't even, didn't even score oh, a touchdown. Twelve to nine. You're right. Yeah, didn't even score a touchdown in that game. So, yeah, look, it's you know there there could be what we're seeing is a change in the guard. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger, you know, out of the playoffs now, probably has another year or two left in him. Uh, you know, big, you know, and and you know they didn't. They, I can't. Yeah. I don't think they, you can say. You, you, you got it right. Yeah, the Steelers are in trouble going yeah. forward. Yeah. 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 You, you see them going the opposite way in, in the Browns and, and Ravens. And the Bengals clearly dropping to the bottom of that division, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You, know what's, you know what's exciting? And uh, uh, jump in, but um, with, with Lamar ja- and Bill, you hit on the head, Jackson and, and Baker. Um, the thing about the NFL is it's so – it's cookie cutter, right? You, you run this offense, you run this defense. You can't do too much gimmick stuff because they're just – the speed is just incredible, Right. College, you can maybe exploit uh, matchup, exploit matchups and and speed. So anyway, long story short, you see Lamar Jackson flying through the air today, scoring touchdowns. Did you see Baker Mayfield fake doing a little um, uh, a lateral? They call it, they call it a me flicker. Yeah. <laughs> he he right. threw up the air and kind of froze uh, maybe a strong safety or a guy was then, wide open. You're, you're just seeing some some small tiny touches that are, are unique and. Uh, yeah, he, he, broke the, he, broke, he broke the record for TD passes by a rookie. Yeah. Um, and when did, when did he start? When did he start starting? It wasn't. He, he, um, didn't, he didn't play the first three games. I think it was game game, fourth game. It was the Thursday night game against the Jets. No, he didn't even start that game. He came, he, he replaced Tyrod Taylor in that game. Right. Let yeah. him back to that, you know, victory. And then I think started next week because Hugh Jackson said Tyrod Taylor was injured. Right. 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 And um, reluctantly started. I'm not a big fan of Cleveland's coach. Who is that? I don't know Greg, the guy. Greg Williams? Yeah. Not a fan. Not, not a good game manager just watching him. First of all, should have absolutely challenged that call on the first down that the, that the Ravens got. It was clear that oh, yeah. they were a yard short. It should have been fourth and one. You, how do you not challenge that? Second, yeah. screwing up the timeout with the challenge, you know, instead of just throwing the challenge flag on a play, he just, he's not a good game manager. So I, I and I know I know he's led this team back, but he's also the same. He's a bounty gate guy, right from the Saints. Yeah, that was, that was interesting too on that on that call because they called a timeout. But then here's the thing: if they would have challenged it after they called the timeout and they didn't get it, they would have lost a second timeout. So you know. that's what I'm saying. But don't call timeout; just throw the challenge flag. If you're going to call timeout and there's a chance the play could be reviewed, just throw the flag. Take yeah, your stance. Anyway, yeah. If you don't get it, you got your timeout. It's all the yeah, same. I get that. It's so basic stuff like that that I think uh, – This is just I don't, making, think I don't think he's a game – I don't think he's a leader. I don't think he's a CEO, which is what you have to be. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I do, I, I do like Freddie Kitchens, though, the, the offensive coordinator that wears the dog pound sweatshirt. Yeah. That's, they, that's the old Alabama receiver, right? Yeah, I hope they find, wow. a, way to keep, hope they find a way to keep him yeah. um, because I think the players really react to him. But well, here's we've, my, asked, we've asked you this before. You're in Columbus, which is like dead center of Ohio, right? Like if you folded the state in half into its butterfly, you're like right on the spine. Yep. He's Omaha. He's <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Who do you – I mean, is, do you just kind of – do you have the luxury of rooting for the Indians or the Reds or the Bengals or the, uh, or the Browns based on who's doing well? Or do you – Yeah, do that's you a lot of what our <laughs> – a lot of it's driven by the local media. Um, okay. And obviously, look, we are – Two hours from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. two two fifteen to Cleveland, two thirty to the downtown, like to the stadium. Okay, we're just under three hours to Pittsburgh, just wow. under three hours to Indianapolis. Oh. So for years, when the Bengals and Browns were down and Peyton Manning was good, there was a lot of Colts fans all of a sudden here. Gotcha. There was a ton of Steelers fans here. Okay, and there's a lot of Browns Bengals fans. Listen, the, today's CBS affiliate had. Slated to run the Steelers Bengals. 
They got so many calls starting Monday. They, they switched it two days ago. They said, all right, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to switch it. And then they got calls from the Bengals and Steelers fans saying, this is BS. And you know, how can you do that to us? And they're like, well, your game doesn't matter. Your game only matters because the other one matters. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think they made the right call and it obviously turned out to be a great game. Here's my, I just want to pick nits and, and, um, so every play, every scoring play in the NFL now is re- is reviewed, right? Automatically. What about plays that would be scores if Ooh. it was ruled the other way? It's so interesting because that pass on the on the sideline was a touchdown and could have been reviewed as a touchdown, but it wasn't automatically reviewed by the NFL. It was only would have been a challenge. Yeah. In- interesting that it has to be called a touchdown to be reviewed, but it's not a scoring clearly. play. Yeah, it wasn't a, if it's not a scoring play. Right, yeah, but clearly it could have been a scoring play, right? Uh, and, and how yeah. about and how about earlier in the game uh, where Jackson goes to dive up over the top? Yeah, they ruled a touchdown, blow the whistle. The ball was knocked out as it turned out later was knocked out before he crossed the goal line. Way, yeah, would have been picked up and taken the other way, but the whistle blew. That was kind of a BS call against the Browns that the NFL is going to have to answer to. Now, it won't be the first time the Browns have lost a call that the NFL will come out later, like in the Raiders game earlier this year. Yeah, so I think I think what what you're going to see for that play is uh, that's that's uh, the next when the when the officials do their meetings next year and all the uh, all the game officials are you know show up and they go through their training, they have got to be you know not so quick on calling touchdowns on those kinds of that exact play because they're happening. It just seems like this year you're seeing more and more and more of that. Just trying mm-hmm. to reach it over and you know take it back or you don't care if it gets knocked out. Yeah, um, because if you call that early that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. The Browns lost a touchdown because someone had a quick whistle. That whistle's got to be deliberate. You, gotta, you really have to be confident it got over. It can always, always be challenged, right? Assuming they have challenges left and say, no, no, he broke the plane. So that, that's my take there. Is they just get, they're so used to that thing just always breaking the plane, but to have Lamar pull it back so quick, it almost looked like he was doing it intentionally. It was awesome. I mean, yeah, and you, you know, a, perfect, a perfect example of that, Bill, last night in the Alabama-Oklahoma game where – Kyler Murray throws a forward pass. It clearly, everyone thought it was forward, but they, yeah. but it, it looked like it could have been a, a lateral. They ran it in the end zone. The guy called touchdown and right. then they reviewed it and, and took it off, but they did let that play run out. Instead right. of just yep. listening yeah. and, and I think the referees are coached to not have a quick whistle, right? I think that they was are. Whistle, but, that was a yeah. quick whistle. Yeah. I'm just saying, but human nature, you, you know, if you think it's a touchdown or you think that you're going to blow the whistle. So yeah, and and it, it didn't matter at the end of the game, but did you notice on the interception that the, the guy goes up on fourth down, he intercepts it, falls to the ground and the referee immediately blew the whistle and called him down. He hadn't been touched. Right. He got up and ran, but they ruled him down and clearly he, it shouldn't have been down. It was, it was a quick whistle mm-hmm. where it was such a big game was over. And it's the stupidest thing you could ever do is to get up. The ref did him a favor, right? Exactly. Because get if, down. They done, if they'd have done that for Marlon McCree in 2007, the, the, the Chargers would have been in the Super Bowl. I, I digress. Yes. Nothing, nothing good could happen when you're running, right? And you have a lead and the oh. clock's running out. Just get you know, on. Other team has no timeout. Yes. Other big games that, that – that, that was so that game and the one – That's all that mattered. That's all that mattered. That all the game, game that's on right now okay. – uh, yeah. Colts and the um, we're watching a playoff game right now. Uh, yeah, it's right. it's going to determine a spot. And and one more that um, look, the Vikings come in. They're playing at home. They're playing a division rival. They win and they're in. They lose and they're kind of their, you know, the 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 defending Super Bowl champion can backdoor into the Super Bowl or into the uh, playoffs. Boy, Green Bay kind of laid an egg, didn't they? Or not Green Bay? Well, Green Bay did lay the Vikings. Minnesota just. Well, how, that, well, look, they got beat by a good team. I think I think people are starting to realize Chicago's a damn good team. So yeah. Chicago had the option of deciding who they play in the first round. If they could, they could, they could either beat the Vikings and take the Eagles, or tank it against the Vikings and take the Vikings again. Why wouldn't the Bears just kind of lay down a little bit, play some backups because they can handle the Vikings? I don't. I think the Eagles are going to give them a whole lot more trouble. Right then, the Vikings would. The Eagles are an outdoor team going to, going into Chicago. They're not yeah, going to be nervous. Dangerous. About it. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they can. They can. Foles can get hot. It was just a weird. You know, we they got to choose who they face in the first round. And they they basically said, "Let's win this game and we'll take." Hey, the, look, we see it. We see it happen in Survivor every season, right? When you get well, to pick if you watch out. that show, still, yeah. <laughs> if you pick who's going to go to your finals uh, with you, right? I see it, in Big Brother. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. It's um, these guys have a lot of pride, a lot of ego, and I think it's a momentum play, Bill. Like yeah. the yeah. coaches don't want to get the guys in the habit of you know, not let's playing not all try of- to win. Well, you put it, you put your you put your your backups in and say, go get them, boys. See if see if sure. they. Can but, but it's an attitude, and, and you're getting hurt in football when you're not going 100%. Yeah, um, so right. I'm sure – and who's their coach? Um, I, I'm sure he's an old Mike, school. Tough Matt as, Nagy. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of an old school. Tough guy. as nails kind of, you know. Yeah. So, But, the, yeah, certainly a, a philosophy. Hmm. Um, yep. uh, New, Orleans, New, Orleans, New Orleans, again, they didn't need, but they get blown out by Carolina. Well, everyone was resting there. That sure. Nothing sure. mattered. Yeah, no, no, How about Green Bay? I know, I, know, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers went out early with a concussion. Yep. To be to be goose egg thirty one nothing against uh, averages grits Detroit team yeah mm. uh, New England wins big uh, they, hey you got to talk about Sean or uh, Todd's Bills yeah forty two seventeen big, over, big win over the fish yeah oh. they yeah what a great victory and um, you, if you watch any of that game or any of the highlights uh, Kyle Williams right uh, lifer Bill yeah uh, he went out that was that was pretty cool that's cool and, um, I think I retweeted uh, his pregame speech uh, he just says all the right things, does all the right things. And how often do you have a guy that's been with one team for his entire career? It's pretty, uh, Not many. pretty neat. And, and the best part was um, coach uh, called a timeout just to, to get him out. And, and he was so mad. He's like, no, I, I got one more play. Like, <laughs> you didn't want the accolades. You know, he's, he was probably like, this is my last play. Let me, you know, let me do it. So, yeah, that was kind of neat story. And in the stare down battle, uh, Atlanta beats Tampa Bay. 34-32 between you two guys. Jameis had a big day. I was, was yeah, that, on that. yeah. So they're talking about him being the starter next year, that they're working that way. So they're not going to make a change. They're going to yeah. go another year. But will it be with Cutter? Will it still be uh, licked, the GM? We'll see. So their and, their fates will be decided in the next couple of days. And, Bill, you announced earlier who's on the clock for the first pick in the NFL draft next year? The Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. <laughs> Arizona Cardinals looks like Nick. Nick Bosa will probably be the number one pick there at defensive end. He'll love it in the desert. He'll love it. Yeah, Ohio State. <laughs> it'd be interesting that uh, it'd be kind of cool to see him go uh, to an AFC West team, play, play against yeah. his brother all, all the time. But um, Yeah, they'll play, they play in the preseason a lot, Cardinals. And so, yeah, so the Bosa's going to have fun there. So, right now in the uh, Colts-Tennessee game, oh, one more game that was a close game, uh, Dallas-New York. Uh, I didn't see yeah. any of it. I was, I, was, I was in the office. But uh, what happened in that game? I think Dallas won at the end, didn't they? Yeah, they went for two. They actually the Giants went up, um, and then uh, late in the game, with like just a couple minutes left, the, the Cowboys went down, scored, went for two. Uh, the ball got back to the Giants, and they were stopped about midfield. So it was uh, uh, so Dallas went for two yeah, and got it. Got they, they could they could have gone for the tie, but they went for the win. Went for the win because it didn't matter, right? Okay. Once again, so they're just you know uh, probably just testing things out for uh, for. Something. Plus, you don't want to play overtime if you don't have to. True. So. Yeah, not 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 nice. when you not when you're in. Yeah. So let's talk about the the so what Bill set up the matchups that we we won't know who's playing Saturday and Sunday, but what are the wild card yeah. matchups as we look into next week? So you got Seattle traveling to Dallas, which is an interesting game. That's going to be fun. You got the yeah. Eagles going to Chicago. So in the NFC, those are two good games. I mean, really, at this point, they're all good games, right? I mean, it's hard not to to say sure. there there's a bad game in the mix. Um, and then you're going to have the Chargers headed to Baltimore. And then the winner of this game between the Colts and the Titans, they go to Houston. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, because yeah, the Patriots somehow got a first round bye. They weren't going to get there. <laughs> now Tom Brady gets that rest that he's had every year for the last twelve years, <laughs> and uh, they look good today. By the way, the Patriots they were sharp on point, um, so, uh, but it was the Jets. So that's that's uh, that's what's that's the wild card weekend. Always a lot of yeah. Fun. Always that weird that weird setup that happens in the playoffs where you know the the winner of tonight's game, the Colts or the Titans are going to have to play another division rival. They played this will be their third matchup, yep. uh, you know, heading into the, into that part of the season. And, and obviously the chiefs and the chargers could, could match up again next week or the week after, right? Because of the chargers, assuming the Colts or Titans lose to the Texans and the chargers can somehow take care of the Ravens. They will go to Kansas city for the uh, divisional mm-hmm. round. Yeah. So well, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun for those two. And you know, look, it, it could be not not get ahead of ourselves, but if if uh, the Chargers could somehow win and then knock off KC, <laughs> maybe, maybe you see an old man Rivers versus an old man Brady um, in, yeah. in New England. Back in New England, which what I, we were talking about this off offline, 
right, Sean? But the Chargers are seven and one on the road, yeah. five and three at home, and home games are not home games for the Chargers. I know, right? <laughs> it, it is. It's it's never been out. Even in San Diego, you had huge contingents. I'll tell you the the biggest crew that always came into San Diego when they were playing in San Diego were Browns fans. Mm-hmm. They would take over this section of the parking lot. It turned into the a mini version of the dog pound. Right. Uh, they bring a good ten or twelve thousand people to into uh, you know either from the area or out from Cleveland. That's but, cool. But the Chargers are you know very comfortable on the road because it's just like everywhere they play, it's all the same. So there's maybe no home field advantage for the home team against the Bulls. Nice. So we're going to see, we got football tomorrow. We got football Tuesday and then we'll have football again on Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. with uh, usually on Saturday, they'll do like a four thirty and an eight o'clock game. And then Sunday will be the, the traditional uh, one and four thirty games mm-hmm. or twelve thirty and four, uh, depending on how it sets up. So, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to college football. Let's catch up on the bowl pool. We'll, we'll talk sure, about it. I got the play. numbers right here. Do you want me to run that down for you or do you got yeah, help us out? Bill. What do we go from, go from bottom to top? All right, so I mean, who's in last place? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. We'll so uh, let me, you know, I did. Let me do one last thing here. While, go ahead, and, <laughs> uh, uh, kind of go ahead and uh, stall for a second for me while I do some math. Go ahead. That's all right. So um, obviously, obviously, the bowl games were hot and heavy. Uh, haven't been a lot of good bowl games. I think I saw only two games have been within seven points. Mm. Only two of the bowl games so far. Huh. Uh, and and now eight of ten. Eight of the ten semifinal games have been decided by I think fifteen points or more. Yeah. So wow. nice all this all this talk about we need eight teams. Um, you're just going to get more blowouts. It's just you know I don't know. People can say what ifs and this whole if Ohio State and Georgia would have been in it would have been blowouts. Well, that's what they said three years ago, and Ohio State got blown out thirty-one nothing to Clemson, <laughs> and, and Michigan State got blown out. And you know, it just there's just not a lot of great games that we're going to see in the playoffs because this year at least, and we'll, we'll circle back to it, but the two best teams are in the, are in the championship. And, yeah. and people can be upset about that, but the two best teams, it's kind of like when the, when the Celtics and the Lakers uh, played a lot, right? And yeah. Well, so, selfishly, I don't want an 18 playoff because I want the Michigan-Ohio State game to be relevant when it's the mm-hmm. – like it was this year. Um, in years past, Florida-Florida State. Um, I want the last game of the year, the last three, four. I don't want – the backdoor regular season matter. I mean, as much as I like college basketball, I watch very little until until March, right? Until the yeah. until the, the, the conference tourneys and then and then the March match. You'll really start paying attention. I think you watch it without right. really caring. You watch it for the dunks and the and the great plays and the close sure. the nail butter. Right? Yeah. 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 All right, so, so update us on the uh, so twenty eight. It's just games. the top three is good. Just the top three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so twenty twenty eight games have been played. We missed out on the Boise BC game because of the uh, weather, uh, so they just canceled the bowl. Uh, but um, <laughs> with thirteen losses out of the twenty eight games, uh, bringing up the rear, Sean Carpenter, Columbus, Ohio, and well, you're over five hundred though. That's good. Yeah, that's still good. Uh, Todd, Todd, you have ten losses out of twenty eight games. You're uh, in a third place all by yourself. Uh, there's a tie for first. Uh, Ooh. That, that Arkansas State-Nevada game was huge because instead of me being up two games and three games on you and Shea, I'm tied with Shea in a game up on you. So we're both with nine losses. There are 11 games plus the national championship left. In five of those 11 games, they're going to be very important either for me, <laughs> Todd, or Shea, but Sean could care less. So uh, <laughs> Mathematically eliminated Sean mathematically Carpenter? Mathematically eliminated Sean Carpenter, yeah. Um, <laughs> So just to give you a rundown real fast, Shay's got Pitt. You and I have Stanford. Okay. You are really a big Michigan State fan over Oregon because that'll really help you because okay. Shay and I both have Oregon. Um, you and I are Missouri fans. Shay wants Oklahoma State to win that game. You and I are big Utah fans out of the Pac-12, and he thinks Northwestern's going to handle them. And then mm. finally, you 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 have to root for the team that beat your Gators, Kentucky, over Penn State. Mm-hmm. So. Those are the five games that matter coming in, and uh, really, it's completely up for grabs. So, Can you, I think you need to crown me winner. Uh, wow, I like, really? I, I like my scouting report. I, like, I love for it to come down to one game and just have to see Todd pick Clemson, or you know, oh. to see that'd be, yeah. that'd be cool if it comes down to it, where Todd just has to has to pick maybe a team he doesn't want to because he's trying to parlay a victory. But maybe he's gonna maybe maybe he's hold his cards there. Maybe he's gonna play, pick Clemson anyway, right? Maybe he is. Hey, yeah. Well, I I'll think convince, we have to make I'll those. 
When do we make I'll it? I'll convince you whoever I'm picking is is the right pick. Whether I'm we'll do that. We'll do that. or not, I'll convince you. So next week's episode will be the night before the game. So or nice. maybe we will do so a we'll Monday. Know where maybe we we'll stand? A, yeah. Maybe we'll do a Monday happy hour next week and, and do it right before the championship game. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Not a bad idea. So all right. So so really quick, let's just go back to December 26th. Um, as you said, the uh, the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl uh, lightning out. Uh, Georgia Tech lays an egg against Minnesota. Um, wow. TCU and Cal in the Cheese It Bowl, nine <laughs> interceptions. Um, <laughs> oh my God! And and TCU wins it on a field goal in overtime, ten to seven. Um, Temple and Duke, boy, that was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Duke getting blown out in the first half and drops, I think, forty-five points in the second half or thirty-five points in the second half um, to to beat Temple. Um, let's let's stop and talk about the uh, new era pinstripe bowl because it it led to a a coaching change today. Uh, Wisconsin mm. beat a Miami team that just looked like they didn't even want to be there. I mean, it, they looked so out of place at Yankee Stadium. Not not that they were at Yankee Stadium. They just that game was I don't know. Jonathan Taylor ran for two hundred thirty, I think, yards, um, which led to Todd the news you you tweeted out today. Mark Richt, UM alumni, uh, decides to retire today. Yep. Mm. He, we, you know, we call that, we know we call it pulled an urban. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, Sean, you probably know, I heard he's going to have to clean house and get rid of coordinators. Um, so if you look back, Mark Rick's one of the good guys in football, right? He's, yeah. he's real low key. Other than when he, uh, when he stormed the field versus Florida, which I thought was the cheesiest move of all time, Bill, I can fill you <laughs> in another point, but um, he's just one of the nice guys. And think about when Miami was really good and dominate, they were the bad boys. They were kind of the, the, yeah. the pistons of the college football world. So because he's an alum alumni and a good coach, I thought it was a good fit, but um, you know, three years in, I just think it's, it's a good, I think it's a good change for both actually. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's funny, he, you know, he was the offensive coordinator under Bowden, right? Um, he, yep. he was at Florida State and then went to Georgia. Yep. Um, and brought Georgia, you know, let's, let's, let's say he brought Georgia back to prominence. To the crest. There, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of coaches there that uh, could not do what he did. And obviously Kirby Smart is, is taken to the next level. Well, they got rid of him so, because they didn't think he could go over the level, but he, he got them, uh, you know, he made them the program they are and it certainly helped. So, yeah. So, you know, right now with Miami uh, getting blown out, Florida State not making it, Florida becomes the, the top of the top three. And depending on what happens on Tuesday with the UCF game, um, you know, look, if they beat, if they beat LSU, uh, they can still talk until further notice. Um, you get a whole other year of national championship talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Vandy and Baylor. All of us picked Vandy. Um, and that was a, that was a shootout. Uh, Vandy uh, gives up 45 points, the most points they've ever – they gave up all season. Um, Baylor, typical Big 12 team, they also gave up 38 points. Uh, but just they had the, the bigger number when it was all said and done. That was in the Academy Sports Outdoor Bowl. Um, Purdue and Auburn. You guys watch any of that game? Beat down. Auburn drops, 50, Auburn drops 56 points in the first half. Yeah. Uh, they were 56 to 7, I believe, at halftime. Um, and but, all you could but. think of when you were watching that but the Boilermakers tied them in the second half, 7-7. Seven, seven. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Truth. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of Auburn fans kind of wondered, where was that all season? And once right. again, that sort of maybe answers the question of people that want to say Auburn didn't play anybody. Um, and Purdue played in the Big Ten. Well, you know, take that game for what you will. Once again, it, it's a bowl game that didn't matter. But that was, a, uh, that was an ugly one. Uh, Syracuse, as we all expected, beat West Virginia. That was an interesting, or that was a nice press conference afterwards by the quarterback for Syracuse, uh, mm. talking about what what playing Syracuse meant. Dino Babers, I think, established himself as one of the probably top fifteen or twenty coaches in in the NCAA right now. Just a well coached players want to play for him. Washington State, Iowa State was a heck of a game in the Valero Alamo Bowl. That's a game that usually holds its own, right? It's always fun and mm-hmm. high scoring. Um, that was a that was a hard hitting game. There was some there was some uh, chippiness in that game. Two Iowa State players kicked out in the first half for targeting. Um, yeah, ejected, and the coach almost got thrown out for hmm. arguing a call that he didn't think was was right. Um, 
but West, uh, Washington State hangs on to win by two in that game. Uh, let's get to our, our game, Todd. Michigan-Florida opened up the uh, the December 29th game. Uh, just your initial thoughts on that game from Utah, then we'll get Bill's nonpartisan thought. Oof. Uh, initial uh, thoughts. Jim Harbaugh is, versus Dan Yeah, initial thoughts is what a great day, right? Um, this is more meaningful. I think I, I think we talked before. This this game is more meaningful for Florida to have Dan Mullen's first year, ten win season. Um, I, so many storylines that are awesome. Um, let's start with the the, the the game MVP, Felipe Franks. Um, how far that guy's come, right? So, how many weeks ago at Missouri he was benched, um, and every Gator fan and alumni were on the Steve Trask bandwagon. And that Tuesday, Trash tears his ACL. I mean, Felipe was left dead. I think, I think he was out of chances. I really do. And um, unfortunately, Trash got injured, and he used it. I mean, he, he used his fuel, and uh, he, was, he was emotionally, visibly moved at the end of the game. Um, and, and I think rightfully so. I don't think he's being – I mean, he, he's just had a roller coaster here, but hats off yeah, to Todd, did, did you notice on the sideline who was the first person to kind of come up after him as soon as the clocks went zero? It was Dan Mullen's wife. Um, okay. Yeah. You know the story. I think a lot of programs you see where the the coaches and the especially the wives become very close to the players mm-hmm. um, as far as support. Like they, they, they have them over the house. Their, yeah, they have them. Sure, they dinner at their house a lot, and you know they swim in the pool and stuff. And then, so it's really you know you could just kind of tell that she that she was very close to that. You see, Urban Meyer's wife Shelly did that a lot. Um, but yeah, I agree, Todd. He was very emotionally moved um, at the end of that game. He had a great game: 173 yards passing, no interceptions. Ran the ball great. Yeah. 73 yards running. Uh, ran the ball great. He still is you – know, when you're 6'6", six, six, it just doesn't look like – like, you know, it, it, it's not Lamar Jackson back there running, you know. Yeah. But yeah. he does – and he, he doesn't look like Nick Fitzgerald either or Dak Prescott. Um, but maybe maybe if he bulks up, who knows. Well, we forget. We talk about it all the time. These are 18 to 22-year-old kids. So um, that's why at the end of the day you, you, you root for a guy like Felipe. He he's, uh, makes you pull your hair out. Um, but to see the culmination of him doing great was uh, fantastic. Um, let me ahead. let me hit on this real quick because we we saw three of Michigan's players sit out: Devin Bush and um, Langdon. Uh, and you know whether that caused them to lose or not is can't be ever said. But how about Chauncey Gardner, who decides to play? The only Gator who's actually going to go pro, he decides to play, and perhaps improved his stock because he played and Brock Heward, who I thought did a great job on the color commentary, you know, really spotlighted how good of a play he made there at the start of the third quarter to intercept that pass where he really faked out Shea Patterson going to cover the one side of the field and circled back, made the interception and returned it 45 yards to, to midfield. That, that was pretty much the, the play of the game. Right, Todd? Yeah. Great, great minds think alike. That was even my second point um, was the Michigan had four, players sit out, um, hats off, uh, uh, chase, um, number 15. Chase Linich. Linich. Yeah. Linich hats off Linich. for him to say, nothing's going to keep me off the field, but then he had to ruin it by doing the Gator chomp after he made his first play, <laughs> which is the kiss of death. I mean, get in line with Sebastian Janikowski, David Cutler's dad. I mean, the list goes on and on. You, still, you always that lose. Basketball player from, that basketball player for Ole Miss that did it. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name. But so you hit it on the head. Um, Gators had two guys. It was um, Cha- uh, Chauncey Johnson. What's his uh, What's his name again, Sean? Um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah. Chauncey, yes. Thank you. Uh, what a great player. And I can't believe um, Ja'Kai Polite. He, he's he's on Todd McShay's top 12. So even though he hasn't announced, I think he's going to go. I'd love for him to stay, but when you're a top 11, 12 pick, he's going to go. So – that was the story. Um, you have guys, Dan Mullen has those boys bought. They are all in. They are, um, they're, they, they'll, they'll go and, and, and march and fight for their team under Dan Mullen. And you saw a lot of uh, um, guys crying. Who's uh, Lewis, the number 80, the tight end. He was crying afterwards. And, yeah, Lewis. Yeah. yeah. And you have guys, seniors in, in the locker room after said, we would not have come back, you know, our senior year. We, we were ready to give up. And then, you know, Dan Mullen's got us back on board. So great stuff. Great win. Big win, big win, yeah. obviously. And How, uh, what about the handshake? Did you see the handshake afterwards? The lack of. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbour is just not a very good handshaker. Now, in all fairness, <laughs> I think the I think the uh, Gator players were having a little fun, and he kind of just gave him a smack and ran. But um, 
I think back to the Lions uh, 49ers uh, handshake gate back a couple years ago, if you remember. But anyway, great, great day to be a Florida Gator. Great win. Listen, it's it's going to be time for Harbaugh to put up or shut up in the next year or so. He, um, He's one of nine versus Ryan, 10 teams, right? If Ryan Day finds a way at Ohio State to go into Ann Arbor next year and beat Michigan um, yeah. and make Harbaugh un, winless against Ohio State, um, and if he can't beat Notre Dame next year at home, and if he can't maybe meet Penn State or Wisconsin, you know, that 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 uh, experiment might be over. He's he's bad against top ten, and he's bad against his rivals. So that's that's a bad. No, what was your thoughts on the game? You 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 didn't really have a a dog in the fight, so to speak, except just kind of rooting for your buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look, I it was a uh, thirteen ten and a half, right? And so you felt like it could go either way, uh, but but uh, you you guys have all laid out you know the second half and how that worked out. But I think you know just to think about having four wins last year and getting 10 wins this year, that's pretty impressive, right? And that's got to feel good. Yeah. And you got to like where Mullen's going. Um, that's going to recruit so well in Florida, right? Mm. All this talent here that yeah. uh, tries to escape and get away to different places. Um, yeah, it's going to be – Listen, the SEC the is built on rivalries. We beat three of our four rivals, Tennessee, LSU, and Florida State. Yeah. We won our bowl game. Um, you know, we, we – you know, Georgia the recruiting did well. You know, on, on early signing days, we'll, we'll see. It's, yeah, I, I think I think that that win. I think probably depending on how everything shakes out, well, really nothing else is going to matter because Alabama and Clemson will be ranked probably one and two next year anyway. Um, I think that 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 puts probably puts Florida probably number six or seven next year. I'd say eight. Maybe eight. Yeah, I'll be all right. I'll take any of those. And, and LS, LSU, Bama, and Georgia are going to be in the top eight as well. So it's going to be a once again, another top-heavy SEC. Uh, we can probably already pick the teams that are going to be up there with them. You know, you could probably put, you know, Ohio State up there. You can probably put Clemson up there. Uh, Notre Dame's probably going to be up there with a book coming back. Uh, let's go to the next game. Uh, we can probably skip over the South Carolina game because, boy, that was a, a beatdown. Yeah. Just a wolf. Um, let's go to the first playoff game. Let's talk about uh, Clemson-Notre Dame in the mm. Cotton Bowl. Uh, Bill, let's get your take on this one early because it was um, – you know, for 10 minutes, it was kind of a – both people – it's like the, like the start of a tug of war where neither side was going to give. Right. And then, and then one side gave. <laughs> you know, did, but uh, it, for me, it felt like you knew what was coming was inevitable. It was just a little bit of that delay. It happens over and over and over, especially in big games where there's – you know, I'm sure the Clemson players are a little fired up or – trying to get in the rhythm, Notre Dame, you know, I was doing enough to kind of stay in there, but you just sensed there was going to be this pulling away and it happened quick when it happened. Uh, so I, I don't know what to tell you about, you know, Notre Dame, Michigan, um, you know, the, the, all this hype, all this, all this uh, during the season, during the regular season, all this, this uh, love for those teams, yet nothing ever happens for them when it comes to the playoffs or the bowl games or whatever. Right. It's the same old thing. It's the same old story. I don't know. Yeah, they haven't won a New Year's Six bowl game ever uh, oh. since they've called it New Year's Six. Yeah. Um, you know, it's um, – It's brutal. It was not a – look, our, our guest two weeks ago, David Seaver, you know, we, we laughed about it, Frisbee catching dogs. But, boy, those oh. receivers. And, and the way Trevor Lawrence gets the ball to them, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a big kid. Um, <laughs> and really he big kid. He's got a rocket. When you see him, you see him in the backfield with – ETN, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got uh, like a foot difference on, on ETN. Yeah. Um, and boy, he just, he rifles the ball, but those guys just, they separate so well. And there are such big guys, right? Mike, Mike Williams was the same way when he played there. Um, he was now with the chargers. You know, he just, um, they were, they were very good. Yeah. And we'll talk about the other games later. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it there. Todd. Well, yeah. I mean, that game, you're right, Bill. Uh, on so many of these mismatch games, early it's close, and then late they pull ahead, pull away, right? Yeah. Clemson's loaded. Clemson's, A, got great leadership. B, has a great quarterback. And C, is just a really, really good team. Um, they're going to be interesting to watch uh, in the championship game. But what stood out the most to me, and I was very vocal on who I thought, you know, needed to be in the, in the, in the final four. But Brian Kelly, at, in the postgame, it just – boggles my mind, but um, he said, you know, hey, this is a great game for us. We've learned where we have to be. And he said there were four or five plays 
in that game that changed the whole course of the game that we usually make those plays, but tonight we didn't. So now we know what we have to do. And the first thing that screamed in my head is you make those plays because of who you're playing. You're not playing in an SEC schedule. You're not playing in an ACC schedule, not playing in the big 12, big 10, Pac 10. So, um, you know, I, I, a buddy of mine's in Notre Dame. He's like, our schedule on paper in the beginning of the season was excellent. I'm like, well, it turned out to be not that excellent. But the reason, Brian Kelly, you make those four or five plays in the regular season is because you're not playing um, that typical of schedule. Yeah. So Talented teams. Yeah, yeah to, to me, that's why yeah. there was such a big gap. And that's why I, I didn't think, think, although 12-0, I didn't want them in the, in the Final Four. I understand yeah, maybe, why they maybe, were there, but anyway. Maybe segue exactly what you're trying to maybe say. Yeah. Let's take it over to college basketball. You look at the beginning of the season for the last 15 years, and what team puts their nose in any fight? Michigan State. Tom mm-hmm. Izzo takes his team on the road against against Duke, against North Carolina, against anybody, anywhere. And who's, who's a team that you almost always kind of find a way to make to the Final Four in your brackets? Michigan State. Pardon, They're yeah. just – I agree with you, Todd. It's, it's just that, you know – and look, they go back to the beginning of the season. Look at Notre Dame's schedule. It just didn't turn out that they played good teams. They they played a good schedule of historic teams and, and sexy teams that just didn't have a good season. So I agree with you. They just got punched in the face and, yep. and you know, could, couldn't – it was a standing eight count early mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, let's go to the nightcap because the standing the the, the nightcap in in the Orange Bowl um, was a standing eight count at the end of the first quarter. The, mm. You know, almost at the five minutes into the second quarter is twenty eight nothing. That one could have been called quickly. Oklahoma could have wrapped up, and there was a there was a point in the game where Herb Street and Fowler talked about it. But Lincoln Riley kind of gathered the team around him on the sidelines and just said, "We're not." going to just give up this game and look they 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 covered you know they 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 scored points they it got to the I looked at the picks from our our, our picks last week um, <laughs> all great. of us picked it in the, all of it yeah I mean Bill was 48 38 the score was 45 34 Todd you were 45 31 I was 44 31 so we were all right in the right yeah. in the wheelhouse yeah. of yeah. what it turned out to be but boy for for a while there it was men versus boys. And I don't know if that was because Alabama came in ready. Um, I will say this, Alabama was very undisciplined in that game mm-hmm. and still found a way to score 45 points and, um, and win by 11, but they were very undisciplined. And I, I got to think that gets buttoned up uh, before next Monday. I, 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 you've watched a lot more, way more Alabama than I have. Um, Saban was on fire on the sidelines multiple times, right? Where, um, players, it's almost like they're coached. When you're coming out the field and, and Coach Saban's going nuts on you, just keep moving. Don't look at him because that only makes it worse. Just keep moving with respect, but just keep moving. And he's going to follow you and chew your ass out for 10 yards, and then you just keep going and you're fine. It's amazing. And Tua was one of them, right? He lit into Tua after that one possession down and uh, they didn't get the touchdown so for field goal. He hammered him, and I was like, wow, I've never – Maybe just the camera work was different this game, but it just seemed uh, – no, it wasn't Todd. It's just who he is. <laughs> that's, that's, and, Sean, tell me if you disagree. That's, that's Nick Saban being Nick Saban. Oh. Such an incredible high standard for detail and excellence. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably why they're as good as they are, right? And so when these players are making boneheaded plays, I think the best thing that could have happened to Alabama for the championship game is for them to win the way they did. They had a big lead – it was never really in doubt. Oklahoma hats off to them. They made it competitive, interesting. But Alabama had so many just dumb penalties, undisciplined penalties. This is a big, nice win, and Saban's going to use this and wear his team out. Yeah. And they're going to be – if Clemson wins, it's going to be because Clemson's a better team. But Alabama, he's going to use this in preparation. I mean, Alabama's going to be as prepared as they possibly using all their mistakes and undisciplined actions to be ready for Clemson. Yeah, he he was not yeah. happy at twenty eight zero twenty eight love. He that's was Saban not being happy. Saban. Yeah, that's just wow. Nick Saban. Yeah, he's he's always on fire. Would you agree, yeah. Sean? Yeah, you're playing against perfection, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. you know that's the Bear Bryant, that's the Woody Hayes, that's the you know um, you know the old the old uh, the old quote. You know, when they asked Woody Hayes why he went for two against Michigan, he says because I couldn't go for three. Uh, you know, it's just. <laughs> you know, they, he like just that. he wants to win. He plays <laughs> yeah. against perfection, and and he you know 
I think every, you know, in theory, they say every play is designed to score a touchdown, right? If everything happens the way it should, every right. play should be a touchdown. Um, let's talk on the positive. Uh, Tua was unbelievable. I mean, he mm. was 24 of 27. Um, Give me back he my was putting balls. Just, <laughs> he was right? putting balls in spots that were – it was fun to watch. Now, Herb Street brought it up late in the game, and he said, if Clemson wants a, a game plan, stop the slant. Stop mm-hmm. the slant. Now, my guess is Alabama's going to figure out if they cover the slant, I've got the fly routes down the sidelines. Or I've got yeah, he Tua used his receivers so well in that game. Now they they made great catches, but between the tight ends and the and the swing passes to the receiver or to the tailbacks, he he just was so poised in that game. He, he's a, he's I, amazing. I at putting the ball where his receiver has the best chance, right? Mm-hmm. He turns like 50-50s into 70-30s when he throws. Yeah. It's just, you know. And whereas I, like Trevor Lawrence felt like it was more 50-50 kind of stuff that his, mm-hmm. his, his Frisbee catching dogs can go grab. Um, but Tua, man, he is accurate. He is super accurate. It's fun to watch. On the other side, Kyler Murray was fun to watch too. I mean, he, he was a gamer, wasn't he? I mean, he was not going to go away. Uh, he, between his running, between his passing – um, boy, but Hollywood Brown just was was not there. He he dropped all the passes. CD Lamb played great, um, but just they they could not manufacture enough stops. Uh, there was a couple moments there where if they could have just stopped Alabama and Alabama put together six minute drives and yep. seven minute drives with passes and runs and you know big plays and and as Nick said in some of his discussions, you know they. A lot of the drives were stopped because of Alabama's, you know, penalties. Mm-hmm. Which they is, stopped themselves, yeah. As you said, Todd, it was uncharacteristic, and I think they're going to watch a lot of those tapes and, you know, come come next Monday in, in uh, Santa Clara. Did, did you get the sense that uh, – Sorry, did you get the sense that Alabama uh, did employ some sort of a let's kind of ground and pound it a little bit more than we – even though Tua did what he did, they wanted those long drives, you know, in, in that – that uh, never-ending quest to keep that great offensive team off the field. Everybody talks about it. If we could just control the ball, mm-hmm. keep Kyler Murray on the bench. But the problem is when you do that, if you're used to scoring quick, which Alabama is, because they run up scores pretty quick, you get out of a rhythm. Um, it definitely didn't happen in the first quarter and a half, right? They were they were doing whatever they wanted to do, getting scores, grind, keeping the ball. Um, but eventually that catches up with the team, even a team like Alabama, right? Where they, I mean, they, they, they jumped out to such a dominating lead, right? Um, in the head. Yeah. I, I think, I think um, <clears throat> when you're up by that much and you're also fighting the clock, uh, why not, you know, take the air yeah. out a little and grind yeah. it out? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, you saw the guys from, um, from, the, or from Alabama, their defensive line, especially were worn out chasing Kyler Murray around. Yeah. That's not going to happen against Trevor. Trevor can run the ball, and Trevor is, you know, he's a pocket he passer. Runs the ball, yeah. But he's a pocket passer. He's built that way, and I think that will help Alabama's defense. Yeah. Um, that they won't have to be chasing him as much. Now, can the defenders, can that back secondary keep the guys in front of them and not let that, that ball go deep? And the same is going to be said against, um, and the opposite for Clemson's defense. You know, Ian Book wasn't really looking to, to pick down the ball and run. Whereas two, I think so. So we'll, we'll get into that game uh, next week. Um, Really quickly, guys, let's, let's talk it. Tomorrow we have six games on December 31st. Um, Any of them stand out to you looking at your sheet? Any, any of the ones you're really looking forward to watching Bill? Oh, the four that matter in the pool. No, (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll tell you what, just the the first one that jumps out for me is Stanford Pitt. That's um, I don't know the last time those two teams, have they ever played? I mean that would be, I would be yeah. shocked if they ever yeah. have, right? Yeah, Elway uh, versus uh, Dorset, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, that, that far back. That look, that'll be a fun game to watch. Where are they playing? They're at the Hyundai Sun Bowl, so yeah, that's an El Paso. That's in El Paso. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that for me, that's the one I'll have most interest in tomorrow. So, so look for the SEC. I think three forty-five. Yeah, the Liberty Liberty Bowl, uh, Missouri versus Oklahoma State. That's yeah. I, let's what's the over under on that one, Todd? Can you look that one up really quick for me because I'll. I want to I lean towards the over on that one. You got Drew Locke and you got Oklahoma State. Um, you, you better lean. You better lean uh, long. Seventy. Lean, lean, yeah, lean over. I mean, it's, I'm going to guess it's in the high sixties, um, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, something like that. That'd be that'd be an under bet at seventy-three. Yeah. Huh. 
Hey, just real quick, did did I get this right? Was the over under? What was the over under on the Alabama Oklahoma game? It was eighty, 80 and a half, was, I think. And they scored seventy nine. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <Yeah. laughs> okay, Sean, Michigan State Oregon is going to be the uh, the best game tomorrow. Uh, but watch out, the SEC Texas A and M Missouri. I'm I'm expecting. Uh, Unlike South Carolina and Vanderbilt for uh, SEC to flex their muscles a little bit yeah, tomorrow. They're going to take care of them. Yeah. I'm hoping for a, a fun Gator Bowl. It's always fun to lead in right up, right up to midnight. Uh, hopefully A&M and NC State can uh, put on a good show because I'm going to guess Utah and Northwestern will be a snooze fest, even though Holiday Bowl is usually a high-scoring affair. Uh, I just don't see Utah and Northwestern uh, putting on that type of game. And then, and then obviously we, we turn the clocks on January, uh, Outback Bowl, Citrus Bowl, then UCF, LSU. That's a 11 o'clock kickoff out in the desert, right, Bill? Yeah. Uh, 1 o'clock yeah. Eastern is 11 o'clock. Correct. Um, this time of the year, it's two hours time difference. Always interesting. And then the Buckeyes play Urban Meyer's last game against Washington. Uh, and I think they will be – look, they're going to be looking to score and, and win big, so there can be a lot of what-ifs. Um, yeah. But if they, if they lose – uh, it'll be a lot of, lot of a uh, hollow talk the last three days in, in big 10 country and then Georgia, Texas. And, and Todd, did you see Deandre Baker uh, has taken himself out of the game? Uh, he is not going to play their defensive, their star defensive uh, safety. Uh, yeah. Will not play. Yeah. I think Georgia's is pretty deep and I think that team's got the biggest chip on their shoulder there. Sure. They really want to make a statement. So I wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I, would I would think Ohio State, Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah. yeah, both both want to win win big. Yep. Um, all right, guys, let's let's hit the road. Uh, short show compared to the last couple of weeks, but Todd, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, you have a holiday next two days, kind of, and then and then are you going to hit it hard on Wednesday? What's going on? Uh, January third, we're we're back at it. Um, so uh, realistically, it's going to be uh, continue to set up. Um, Firm up schedules, uh, uh, execute, uh, have, have some meetings execute on what our, what our 2019 goals are. Uh, we've talked about them a lot, but uh, rubber is meeting the road come Wednesday. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. I don't know if you guys are like me. I really, really, really love time off in the holidays, but uh, there's, there's kind of a nice part of, of getting back into the, into the grind. So I will enjoy the next two days uh, as, as much as humanly possible and then back at it on Wednesday. Awesome. Oh boy, Todd. Bill, how about you, man? What's going on? I know you did a couple um, recap real estate session shows. Yeah, are yeah. You back, back fresh starting this week, or you got one more repeat? This is uh, um, my second week off, we'll call it, on the podcast, and we're replaying Paula Montefer uh, from, nice. from uh, a Jersey girl who somehow ended up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and hmm. has created a wonderful life for herself there, and her husband, and her daughter, Sam, and, uh, and so... I'm uh, really excited to have her show on uh, this week. Ta, uh, Sean, yours uh, had a lot of love, which was great. A lot of people, Anthony Malafonte came up to me on the course today and said, I listened to Sean's again. That was great. You know, so, uh, and, and a lot of plays actually. So that was kind of neat to see. So, uh, Good. yeah, that was awesome. And and then I come back uh, fresh. I'll, I'll give you a, a, a little sneak peek. It's uh, Michelle Pochia, which I know you've met her. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so sure. Michelle Michelle's my guest for the I'm first England, yeah. yeah the first one back correct and so that'll be a lot of fun we'll talk about that next week a little bit awesome. so, yeah your buddy anthony has um commissioned me to make a, him a cartbart for his office he wants to hang yeah. a cartbart he, he talked about that he, he brought it up and i said i know he can do it he's done it for me <laughs> so he said uh, i said uh, give him a call he'd be happy to do it so yeah, yeah anthony, great stuff he's really he really wants to he really wants to build a uh, something that's that he's proud of that has a legacy that can continue forward. And by the way, his youngest son, Colin, he, when he, when he found out his dad was on a podcast and he listens to podcasts, Colin's a, he'll be a senior. He's a, finishing his last semester at Florida. And, uh, he said, I don't listen to podcast dad. And he goes, well, I got one you should listen to. It's the stare down. And so at Christmas dinner over that break, uh, Colin listened to a couple episodes and he liked it. So we might have a new listener out there. Nice. I said, Colin, if you're, nice. if you're a Gator, you're, you're on the show. Just say, you want, yeah. just say when yeah. we'll have you on. Yeah. Get him on. Let's go. All right. That's Colin, great. what's up, man? Gator bait. <laughs> Colin Malafonte. Nice. Um, guys, for me, it's a, it's a, uh, home week. I got my, my speaking starts off on the seventh. So a week, 
actually my first gig is the, the day of the championship game uh, to our local Columbus Kiwanis group. Uh, Bill, I'll see you the following week uh, in Jacksonville at bar camp and then yep. things on the slate and um, just trying, trying to hit the ground running and trying to get some real estate clients. So uh, excited for a new year, Todd, as you said, it's a turn the page, a blank slate. It's that Ooh. first tea time of the day, Bill, uh, where you get to the scorecard is empty and a lot of birdies on your brain. Right. So uh, good week. Uh, excited about the, the week ahead and a lot of bowl games and meaningful football games. And then we'll start turning our eye to college basketball, hockey, and NBA. So on behalf of Todd, and Bill, and Shay out in the distance. I'm Sean Carpenter, and thanks for listening to The Stare Down.